The collision of common sense and comedy. This is Defenders Live. D E I. That's a new thing running around. DEI. Some of you, if you were under a rock or whatever, might be wondering what exactly is DEI. That's the way they chose to uh, go with this um, abbreviation. Stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simplified, it's a lowering of standards. In case you weren't aware of that, it just changes the standards. It goes from actually having a standard, a limit, a a, a line, a minimum, and throwing it out the window for something other than what is required to be the best. That's, That's the key. America was formed with a desire to be the best. I mean, I all right, we'll argue that well we were, it was, you know, looking for religion or freedom of religion and all of this stuff and just freedom. And that's true. But once we obtained that, it was about being the best. Everything we'd ever done and had tried to do and failed in a lot of ways, uh, was to be the best. Did we have black marks and do wrong things? Absolutely. We are as a human being, we are flawed. We are going to make mistakes. We're not going to do the right thing. We're not going to react the right way. We're not going to do it like the way it should be done all of the time. But there was at least an understanding of what was an acceptable line, acceptable standard. Here's the line that we don't cross. And for years, arguably hundreds of years, and it progressively got better, uh, some of the black marks that we had, you know, you want to throw in there's racism, there or the yeah, the racism that ebbed and flowed, um, but generally got better. Slavery obviously went away. Uh, you know, there were some black marks that still haven't fully been, uh, I believe, uh, atoned. I say atoned. I don't want to say that because it's the wrong way to do it. But at least um, attempted to be rectified. You know, when you start talking about like Andrew Jackson with the whole trail of tears thing, you know, the the closest we got to that was giving them their own places and they can have casinos and that's about it. Um, But America was all about being the best at everything because we quit looking at the same standards and the same things that everyone else around the world did and we were about winning we were about being the best at everything that we touched you know a perfect example of that i think was um the the olympics during world war ii 
Nazi Germany. Hitler sent uh, had all of his quote-unquote best as far as those that fit under the Aryan standard, but it was only those that were Aryan. You had to fit these criteria, and in that criteria, then you had to fit something else. And America said, nay, nay, we're going for who is absolutely the best. And we sent over... Oh, crap, his name just escaped me. <laughs> but we sent over the, the, the best that we had, and it didn't matter what their race was. It didn't matter what their sex was. It, was, it didn't matter about anything else. It was all about who the best was to get the job done. And we are giving that up. We're, we're, we're sacrificing quality for inclusion. For diversity, for uh, I don't know what the hell for. Be perfectly honest with you, I and it saddens me. It really bothers me to no end. That we have gone to this extreme because it's more important to make people feel good while maintaining what it is that they do. The whole point of a standard is to better yourself as a human being. Not to hurt you. That's the thing. That's a lot, really a lot why a lot of people, I think, are, are not fans of Christianity because they think that the whole point of this is of Christianity and the rules and blah, 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 which if you take the time to learn, a majority of Christianity's rules, quote-unquote, are pretty much what everybody goes by anyway. I'm not telling you you can't have a life and you can't have fun and everything else. Obviously, it goes way deeper than that, but I'm just saying but the whole point of having a standard is for you to better yourself as a human being, is to continually grow. You, as a child, the moment you were born, there are achievements that you are, or, or, or goals that you are striving for, even if you don't realize it. As an infant, your, your first, you know, achievement, your first goal is to be able to sit up by your, hold your head up by yourself. And then it's to be able to sit up. Then it's to be able to crawl. Then be able to walk and talk. And then it's school. And then there's all these little things along the way and once you hit an adult society used to anyway have standards for jobs for any, virtually anything to maintain so that you can continue to grow have those little markers because once you have nothing to strive for you become stagnant when you become stagnant and you don't grow, as the old adage goes, idle hands are the devil's plaything. So, but we're constantly trying, 
this new thing out. I say we. Society. DEI. And I, I know they did this on purpose. They intentionally did it DEI. Because anyone with a first grade reading level can tell you that if you move equity to the end, then what happens is it the, the analogy becomes die. And I personally believe that anything that diversity, equity, and inclusion, the DEI, touches does die. Because you're no longer looking for the best. You're looking for someone to not be mad at you. But to get a better example of what D-E-I, or as I like to say, D-I-E, is from inclusionhub.com. I mean, so you know this is going to be right on the ball. In a push to make the world a more inclusive place, experts, activists, utilize specific terminology when describing inclusion work goals, to transform society into a more just place. If you're new to the world of diversity and inclusion, however, it can sometimes feel like such users are speaking an entirely new language, which can make dipping your toes into this culture quite intimidating. Diversity, as we break it down, acknowledges always people differ. Race, sex, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, socioeconomic status, religious beliefs, and more. Inclusion is about diversity in practice. It's the act of welcoming, supporting, respecting, and valuing all members of society. All individuals and groups. Equity is often used interchangeably with equality, but there's a core difference where equality is a system in which each individual is offered the same opportunities regardless of circumstances. Equity distributes resources based on needs. We live in a disproportionate society, and equity tries to correct its imbalance by creating more opportunities for people who have historically had less access. I'm stopping there because I can't read on these anymore. But that's that's what D-I-E is all about. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. Long story short, it's about lowering standards. It's about bringing someone into a spot that because of something that happened to a great-great-grandmother or some other kind of, of thing, it's, it's because instead of encouraging the individual to grow, to excel, to become better, we introduce this where we lower the standard and it's all because of some other arbitrary qualification. Need I remind you that the majority of the people that this falls under and this is starting to become a thing for is the generation that was getting participation awards for sporting events and everything else growing up. That's what this is for. 
because they were never told as children and they were never pushed as children to grow, to, to excel in whatever they touched, to be the best. Even if your best was not as good or, you know, the, the result of your best was not near at the level as the guy next to you, you still pushed. We don't do that anymore. It was always about, well, you were here. You just showed up. That's good enough. And now they've taken that insane, quote-unquote, normalcy and have introduced that into the adult society. Because it has to continue. Because as we said, back when all this was going on for the children at the time, this is not going to fly because once they get into the real world, they're going to get a rude awakening. Apparently, those same people who have introduced that have now decided, well, we can't give these children that rude awakening. We need to to continue on so they don't feel hurt and left out. And so they have all of this. And it just goes into, it bleeds over into everything. Delaware, the Supreme Court of Delaware is introducing a wave of changes to the state's bar exam, considered by many to be among the toughest in the entire United States, in a bid to make it more accessible for black and Latino test makers. That is a first paragraph to a quote from National Review. And I'm sorry, but that last bit right there, you're doing it, quote, in a bid to make it more accessible for black and Latino test makers. Now, I know that the intention is to try and and help these poor people out who've been discriminated against because these tests and everything are just too much because of where they came from or whatever else. I read that and hear that the Delaware Supreme Court is lowering the standard because it believes that black and Latino test takers are too stupid and incapable of meeting the standard. The court lowered the minimum grade required to pass the bar by two questions and will also feature half as many essay prompts and henceforth be held twice a year. The bar exam is not supposed to be a barrier to entry or entering the profession, but it's supposed to be a test of an applicant's ability to successfully practice law in Delaware. And I believe that these reforms will help better reflect that purpose, says the spokesman. You're lowering the standard. It doesn't. You're right. You will test the ability. Of, of the individual. The problem with it is, is you're going to get less successful people. I mean, okay, so Delaware, quote unquote, has the strictest um, uh, standards for, for becoming a lawyer, okay, in the country. That's, that's fine. 
you want to drop them a little bit. And, and a lot of them say they're also trying to do it because because it's the strictest. They can drop theirs a little bit to make it more in par with the rest of the country. So that way they can get more people wanting to be lawyers in the state of Delaware and not everywhere else. But the fact that, you, again, that the very first paragraph of this article says it's in a bid to make it more accessible for black and Latino test makers say that it's not about trying to maintain and make yourself compatible with other states. It's about inclusion. The spokesperson, on it, who sat here and touted all of this goofiness. Daggone it. They said it's not supposed to be a barrier of entry. I thought it was. It's supposed to be setting a standard for people. That, hey, you need to be able to, to get in. This is, this is where the line is. We want to have the best. These changes are designed to move certain unnecessary impediments to application to the Delaware bar and to rip some barbed wire from the welcome mat, some traditional barriers that have developed into something quite artificial. That is according to Chuck Durante, president of the Delaware State Bar of Association who thinks this is a fantastic idea. Quote, white people generally have their ante up, or antenna up, excuse me, who understand what is happening in society, have learned the meaning of microaggression. They've learned the meaning of how to be welcoming, how to be professional, how to make this community better suited for diversity in his professional class, including its lawyers. That's not going to do anything. You're not going to help these people by lowering the standard. You're going to make it worse. You're going to make it harder. You're going to be less successful. Because you're not going to be the best. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be the best? I, every time I, I, I come to anything that has to do with die or anything that has to do with anything that's the, I hear equality or equity, anytime I hear these these throw around words, I, I I'm automatically go back and and I go back to the office, the TV show, The Office. And there's an episode, if you haven't seen it, I, I may I know I've mentioned it before. It just I I'm sorry, I will always use it as a perfect example of why this whole diversity crap is crap. There was an episode where the office manager, Michael Scott, uh, ten years prior to the airing of that, had promised a bunch of elementary school kids that if they graduated high school, he would pay for college for all of them in that class. Now, obviously, by the time the, the, this particular, for this episode, he clearly didn't have enough money to do that. Um, 
So obviously he lied and everything else. He goes into this class because he finally has to, to own up to it and tell him the, the truth that he can't afford it and everything else. But before he gets a chance to do that, there, there's this giant show. All these students show such appreciation. Each one of them, to a degree, ta- is, is either talked about themselves or has someone else say how, you know, the, the, these particular kids out of the entire school, like in the top 80%, they had something to strive for because somebody who actually cared for them. That was actually a line in the show. That somebody encouraged them and gave them the push that they needed to be better. Now, obviously, as the show goes, he let them down, and they got very pissed off, and it, you know, ended badly. But the whole time in watching this episode, I wondered to myself, why did it take this guy promising them college for them to do their best? Where was their parents? Where were, what kind of a support system does that say is existing in, in these quote-unquote marginalized communities? Why isn't the mothers, the fathers, why isn't the, the aunts, the uncles, the, the, the neighbors, friends, why aren't these communities supporting one another and trying to encourage them and the next generation to be better? Why did it take in this particular episode of this show some random guy who came in originally for a, 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 a like a, a not quite a what does your dad do thing, but you know, professional day or whatever they call that. I I don't know what they call them nowadays. Where you come in and you as an adult and you talk about your job. Why did it take this idiot lying ultimately lying to these kids? To give them the push that they needed. Where's the community at? And where's not just that community? Where is everyone, period? Why are we not telling these kids that no matter what your skin color is, and no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from, what your, your family life is like, no matter what any of this stuff is, you have the potential and the ability to be beyond what you can imagine. We've stopped doing that. We've stopped encouraging these young people to be better. And we've settled for mediocrity to the degree that we're changing or trying to attempt to change society to accommodate mediocrity. And they want to they want to just kind of let this, like, oh, no, it's normal. Some people just can't do it. They don't have the ability. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Every human being has a potential. You want to talk about it from the, the strictly of a college situation, a college example. There are so many grants, scholarships, uh, okay, so, so you know, a particular person maybe can't get a loan because of their family's financial situation. Okay. Grants, scholarships. There's all kinds of things that, that people can do to go to school. But nobody wants to actually go do this. 
Nobody's told this. These kids are not told this stuff. They're not told that even to a degree, they're not even told that they hit, that they, you know, don't need to go to college, that there are trade schools that you can get into that will teach you a trade that potentially could pay you more money than what a lot of these college degrees these people are going for nowadays. But nobody tells them that. And so in turn, everything has to be inclusive. Everything has to be diverse. Everything has to be able to accommodate the mediocrity with no attempt to change. And it gets worse. It gets so much worse than this. It's actually crossed over into in a situation that they're trying to end race-based hair discrimination. Talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Defenders Live. It is Defenders Live. So this die, as I call it, the diversity, inclusion, and equity thing that is literally poisoning society is now crossing over in, in into sports. Tweet from the New York Times For black equestrians with natural hair, finding a helmet that fits can be virtually impossible. Another barrier to inclusion in a sport that remains overwhelmingly white. Helmet companies say there isn't a simple fix. And they post a picture of what is supposed to be, I'm assuming, a person of color. I The, the skin color looks very white. Um, the hair has dreads. This is a young lady. Uh, Chanel Robbins, 27, an equestrian from Alliston, Ontario. Says, quote, people need to realize diversity and inclusion belongs everywhere, especially in sports. I was taken aback by this a little bit because they're, ta- they're talking about a helmet fitting on your head. You're, you're engaging in a sport. And I use that term loosely. I mean, I've, ne- I've never been of the wealthy or even the interest of wanting to do equestrian. I don't give a flying fig about it. I literally couldn't care less. But some people look at this as a sport and therefore it is, there, there's, requirements one of them is is like any other sport that that puts you at risk 
you have safety gear, one of them being a helmet. And this inclusion, the I part of die, diversity, inclusion, and equality, is now trying to say that helmet companies need to make helmets for people who basically have big hair, for a lack of a better way of putting it. It's big hair. You know, when you when one has uh, dreadlocks or, or what have you, a fro, I guess, um, I guess it's hard to buy and wear a helmet. I don't know. I don't have that problem. Um, but you're, this, it's for your safety, this helmet, for riding these horses or any other thing that needs to go on. It's for your safety. It's so when you inevitably fall, and it does, it, it, it's inevitable. At some point, you will fall. It's just like when I, when I first started riding my motorcycle, I was, I was told that it's, it's not a question of if you lay the bike down, it's when, because it will happen. And, and that's the whole point of the safety gear that, you know, even for motorcycles or in this case for equestrians, the helmet. It's for your safety. It's so that way, when the bad thing happens, you're okay. Or at least not as injured as you could have been. It's to help protect you. And you're more worried about your hairdo than you are about saving your brain bucket. So I went through the comments of this because I'm sure there was going to be supporters of there because it's the New York Times. But I was mainly going just to see what everybody was saying, blah, blah, blah. And the very first one up here, apparently this has been a while back, uh, but uh, Adjoa B. Ashimo, or Ashimoa, I'm sorry. I need my glasses tweeted out at New York Times, I lead the Crown Act movement to tackle race-based hair discrimination by changing laws. I've never heard of that before. The Crown Act. So I kind of went digging a little bit. And then I see this article out of Michigan, from their News 10, WILX, whatever, out of Lansing. And the article goes like this. Did you know you could be sent home from work or school for your hair? A new proposal aims to end race-based hair discrimination. When it comes to hair, black women face the dilemma of following Eurocentric beauty standards are going natural and risking their jobs now i'm gonna pause right there i will straight out the gate let you know in case you were curious i am neither black nor a woman so i don't know personally i've never had an experience like that but i can speak as a preference of a white male which i are one 
that I've had to deal with uh, certain requirements for my appearance in order to maintain and move up in a workplace. Um, my go-to right out the shoot is, is the military. There is a very strict adherence standards that you had to adhere to for haircuts, for facial hair, for everything. You had to maintain it. And it was not because they were trying to isolate certain demographics. It was not because they were trying to exclude anyone from anything. It was for our safety. Anybody who has ever met me and family could tell you everything else. I have not had a clean shaven face since 1999, excuse me, since 2001. The moment that I got out, I let facial hair grow and have had some form of a beard, goatee, what have you, 20 plus years. And I'm never going to shave. It's not because I, you know, like strict against it, whatever. The only reason why they made us shave and maintain these certain things was because you can't wear a gas mask with facial hair. It doesn't seal properly. It was for our safety. Cameo King is an award-winning journalist and advocate who is proud of her natural locks, but her hair journey hasn't always been easy. It was at her first job that she was told she needed to change her hair if she wanted to be on TV. Now, I want to pause there for a moment before I continue into this. Now, I'm sure that there are certain places that do kind of have uh, 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 a certain standard that they maintain, but it's for stupid reasons when you be on when you're when you want to be on TV through you know normal stations or through news offices or whatever they are looking for a certain look because they're convinced that this certain look is the only one that works and i will admit that that's stupid you should not be told you have to change your appearance for the sake of having to what you think your customer base is after. Now, I understand that said companies will be trying to, you know, make sure they increase and keep the the people coming in and that they feel that it needs to be, a, you know, say a, the saleswomen need to, need to be mostly women, you know, and of a certain age and of a certain look and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's discriminatory, but, it, you know, they're doing it from the angle of trying to keep sales. It's stupid. Because eventually people are going to hear about that. That's the joy of the free market is if you let people that own these companies do stupid things, eventually it comes back to bite them. But anyway, continuing on, quote, it's been about straightening your hair and taming your hair, King recalled. Quote, your hair is too much. It's a distraction. It's too big. Those are the comments that I have heard in reference to my hair being a journalist, in quote. And that's probably possible. And I would argue that I don't care what is on the person's head. I'm more concerned about what's coming out of their mouth. Research has shown one in five black women feel the need to straighten their hair for work, which is why Senator Sarah Anthony, Democrat in Lansing, wants to change hair restrictions. Anthony first introduced the Crown Act. In February of 2021, which protects people from discrimination based on their natural hair 
in the workplace. Comments on your hair can take a toll mentally. Quote, it was a lot for me. It set me back. It had a lot to do with my confidence and self-worth, King said. Priscilla Mitchell, the owner of Sophisticated Styles Hair Salon, and Styles is spelled with a Z at the end, sees a lot of social pressure when it comes to hair. And inflation also plays a factor. Quote, we get a lot of people that cancel because they can't always afford it. Some are told their braids are unprofessional and they need to change it. Quote, I've had some clients that went in for an interview and they had braids in their hair and they were told they had, that they didn't get the job because of that. And they had to change, which isn't fair. That was Mitchell said. And again, that statement is a little bit unfair. Because you, you're saying that it, it, it was done across the board. We don't know what the situation was for these people who didn't get a job because of their hair. I mean, were they going into something that required them to wear a, a safety helmet? I mean, I, I, you want to lower these standards to accommodate people for hair. Forget the safety. Forget what it goes to. It's all about making these this certain group of people feel better about their hair. If you, as an individual, are more worried about your appearance or about your hair or about your your whatever, your body size, this size, that size, if you, there's a problem that if you go in for a job and they say, I'm sorry, we can't hire you because of blank or you need to change blank, Which is more important, the blank or getting a job, paying bills, taking care of your family? Crown, the Crown part of the Crown Act, Crown part stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. Michigan would be the 21st state to pass the law. More than 50 cities, including Detroit, have passed similar laws over hair guys over hair it's about safety nine times out of ten these people want to sit here and argue that it's some form of discrimination when when anybody when somebody is told no nowadays it automatically has to be about discrimination of some kind whether it's of your gender or whether it's of your sex orientation or whether it's whether you believe you're a woman or a man or not when you you uh, clearly your genitalia says otherwise whether it's about race it could be anything anytime you're told no it's automatically meant to be discriminatory Again, it's not about excelling. It's not about being better. You know, you want to do something that requires you to have and maintain an appearance. A lot of that kind of stuff has changed. I was there for a lot of it when, when back in the day, when I very first started working many, 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 many years ago. Entered the job field at 15 years old. I remember when, when tattoos were a no-no. 
You can get them, but you keep them covered. For the longest time, never got a tattoo past my elbow. That is what you were always told because once you pass the elbow, you could never wear a short sleeve shirt at work. There was a guy when I first first started working, I'm talking, you know, again, I was 19, 18, 19, right out of the Navy. So we're talking, well, I've been in the 20s. But anyway, there was a guy that I knew who, full sleeves, up and down both arms, covered in ink from the top of his shoulder, running across his back, down both arms, to the wrist. Had to continually wear in all times of the year, long sleeve shirts for a good long while that I knew him because he was working the front counter as a salesman and then later as an assistant manager for a customer-based place I was working at because it wasn't considered appropriate. He didn't have anything inappropriate on his arms. There was no skulls. There was no vulgar language. There was no, you know, uh, uh, illicit pictures of, you know, like naked women or anything like that. It was just, he just had the ink. And at the time it was not deemed appropriate. And then eventually it, there was a shift. And even then there was still the shift going on, but it finally reached where we were at. And last I saw of him, he even went so far now as he doesn't have it on his face or nothing like that or on his neck, but he's got even his tattoos, his hands are fully tattooed now. And wears prominently wears short sleeve shirts all the time, and nobody bats an eye. So I will admit that there are some standards that have been out there for a long time that are slowly changing. But in an instance, when we go back to the Crown Act about being quote unquote discriminated because of your natural hair. It's it's asinine. You're you're wearing a helmet. A helmet is supposed to at the uh, help save your life. It's supposed to help to protect you while you do something. Again, you're more worried about having dreadlocks than I, you being a, a professional equestrian, is that a thing? I don't know if there's a thing as being in a professional equestrian, but maybe, I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not true, but there are certain things in life if you that you want to achieve. If you have certain goals, certain things you want to do. If you want to be a professional athlete, the one thing you can't do is sit on your rump Play video games all day and stuff your face with, you know, fatty junk foods. You can't because you're not going to get there. You Are we going to start lowering that standard now? I shouldn't have said nothing. That's probably going to happen now. We've, we're more worried about making people feel special and feel accepted For mediocrity. I mean, it's it, it blows my mind. We, we don't try anymore. 
This young lady is complaining about a helmet, having a hard time wearing a helmet because she has not just dreads, but very long dreads. And in order to put up a ponytail and everything else, it's very thick and hard and and putting a helmet on, I'm sure, is, is difficult. But again, it's for your safety. Your priorities are wrong. And if you are more concerned about your hair than you are about the helmet, then all I can say is then don't wear a helmet and we better hope to God that your hair looks great when you turn around and, God forbid, have fallen off said horse and are now laying in a hospital bed, brain damage, or worse. We hope your hair looks good then. But instead of telling these young people, these young idiots, I'll call it like it is, they're idiots. They're stupid. Allowing these guys to continue to live a life where everything has to be accommodated for them. Well, I want to be this way. Therefore, everyone needs to adjust themselves to me. And for what? Again, under the guise of, well, it's, it's discrimination. It's not discrimination. Setting a standard is not discrimination. The only line, the only discrimination should be done strictly on the basis of one's skin color. That's where ultimately any line of discrimination should exist. Are they doing this specifically and 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 clearly because of skin color? Because that was the the line that has always been the line going back to slavery and everything else in the, in Americas. You had that line. It was very simple. We don't like these people. Therefore, we're going to isolate them. Look at the 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 civil rights movement in the '60s, where you know the blacks and whites, and you know the separation, segregation, all that stuff going on. It that was. That's how that was. Like that, that's different. You look at somebody without giving them a chance. See, because that's the thing. Like when it comes to just stupidity with, with hair or with your appearance, as far as aesthetics that you can change, when an employer or a club or whatever comes and says, sure, you can join, but here's the standard. Guess what? That standard is applied to everybody. Just because you think it's unfair because, say, white men don't have the problem that apparently black women have with hair, then it must be discriminatory. It's not. But we want to change the rules. We want something to fit here and not fit there. And we want to tweak it for these people, but it stays the same over here for these people. 
We want to change things to fix things to make everyone feel good about themselves. And I'm tired of feeling, trying to help someone else feel good about themselves. You don't grow without a little bit of pain. And I'm not saying that it should be forced upon you at all times, because it shouldn't. But life is hard. The earth, the world, is a horrible, difficult place to live. And to turn around and to try and make everything else harder or appear harder so you can garner sympathy is just sad and pathetic. And the fact that people want to take this seriously, they're more worried about diversity, inclusion, and equity than they are about trying to be the best, to have the best. And we're losing our children to this. Everything nowadays, I, I see it. The, my, my kids are in school. And the school in that they're in, my son, God bless him, I, I, I have to force myself to congratulate him because he, he'll come to me and say, hey, we had a, uh, basically a chapter review where they move, getting ready to move on into, into another you know, slightly different topic or section or whatever. He's like, and I passed. I got 100%. He was always calling it a test. I said, oh, okay. And then I find out that these tests that he's referring to is basically the teacher asks questions to the entire class. And because they slash he got it right, It counts as passing the quote-unquote test. Oh, and by the way, there's only two questions. Two or three is usually the average. I said, that's not a test. I told him one time, and I, I realized I, I kind of squished his, his, his little self-esteem, and I felt bad about it. Uh, but that's the difference. Like, you can't, it's not a test when you have a teacher ask the entire class to answer one at one time a question and only do two. That does not truly gauge your understanding of a topic through two questions. I'm sorry, it doesn't. But I see this stuff happening, and I, and I just, we're continuing it on into the next generations, and, and I'm, I'm terrified. Because we're doing this in everything. We're doing it in the military. We're doing it in, in the, the, the job market. We're more worried about having people fit because of how they look and not of what they can kind of uh, what they accomplish see because the outside changes the body the human body outside changes it's the same reason why you don't chase after someone and 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 try and 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 have a relationship with someone uh because of how hot they look It's about what's inside. Now, obviously, looks play a role, but that shouldn't be the only thing. Why? Because looks change. The person inside pretty much stays the same. I mean, we've allowed this stuff to be okay. 
We've allowed mediocrity to be okay. Our own administration, the Biden administration, touted not too long ago about being the most diverse and inclusive administration in history. Where they had so many transgender people and so many people of color and so many women and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They were so wonderful and so great because they did this. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what your hair looks like. Thick hair, thin hair, no hair. I don't care. I don't care what your family background is. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. I want the job done right, whether it's in the president's office and the administration and the government, whether it is, uh, the, you know, other civil servants in, in my town. I don't, I don't care what you look like working at McDonald's. Do the job and do it right. That's all I ask. That's all anybody should ask. But we don't do that anymore. It's all about how does this work for this person or that person? How can we accommodate mediocrity? Die is that is doing just that. It is causing our society to die. So I hope you enjoyed it while you could. Anyway. After that little downer, follow us on all the social medias at DOAE Show. If you got a question, comments, or anything like that, you can email us right here at DOAE Show at gmail.com. You can listen to the show pretty much anywhere, I think. Definitely on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and on Anchor. So much thing, so many things coming down the pike. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything. Share and like everywhere. We'll see y'all next time. Bye, y'all. 